welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. So this morning, building on everything really that's what we've been talking about today, and also to be revealed why Jesus is your pillow. Uh, there was some chat going on about whether I meant pillar and then others saying, well, I like the idea of pillow because I can rest in God. Yeah, I like that very much, too. So where are we going with the talk today? Well, if you've been following uh, Church Reset, the broadcast I've been uh, we do on YouTube during the week. And if you get the chance, please do it. They're, they're about 10 minutes or so long, slightly longer some days, but not that long. And they're like condensed scripture of this whole thing of what God is doing with us as a church right now. It's called Church Reset because I think God is reconnecting us with some really important roots. And I certainly won't, I'm not certainly not um, going to be repeating those things on a Sunday, although everything, of course, will very much link in as the as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Uh, and, and, and although I'm actually going to go and talk to a bit, a bit today from as we go through the Book of Acts in the Church Reset series, uh, and today I'm actually going to the Book of Acts because the, the, it's so rich scripture that you can go to something that you've looked at and even though it's something that you've done before, it, it, you, you, you find something completely different or you find some new meaning. or Anyway, where I want to go is, and in fact, some of this you haven't had yet because it's going to be coming up this week, because we've been through the story of where Peter and John are going up to the temple to pray. And there's the paralyzed man there that hasn't walked uh, and and they pray over him. He asks for, for he's asking for money, and they say we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give you. And there is a miracle that breaks out because this man is healed, and he follows them through what is called the beautiful gate, which leads into the women's court, which is where the women and the men could meet together. Uh, and he is dancing and leaping and praising God and. A big crowd inevitably gathers and Peter preaches a message. And what happens as a result of that is that Peter and John get arrested by the, the, the chief of the temple guard, which is like the chief of police. And they're thrown in jail for the night because they don't know what to do with them. And the following day, they're brought before the temple leadership as the temple leadership tries to work out what they're going to do with this problem. And uh, in the middle of all of this, uh, they give Peter really the opportunity to say, because they ask him, by what power or what name are you doing this? What they're thinking about is, where do you get the power to see a miracle like that? Where do you get the power to talk with such authority? And in whose name are you doing it? You're just fishermen from Galilee. And here we have educated teachers. How can you be talking to us about what God says. And obviously they can because they are filled with the Holy Spirit, as we all can. This is the amazing thing. But anyway, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, starts to reply to them, it says here. And I won't go through what we did on the church reset, but he he says, is, is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He makes it very, very obvious. Uh it is by Jesus Christ of Nazareth that I speak to you this day, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. He's not messing here. He's not 
the Peter that spoke wouldn't speak really to the servant girl. This is Peter full of the Holy Spirit. And this is where being filled with the Holy Spirit encourages us to be bold. I mean, Peter still had to be bold. He still had to make the choice to do this. He could have still kept quiet through fear. I'm pretty sure fear was there, but he overcome it. But what I want to focus on is what he then said, because he said that this, uh, you raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Look, he's healed. Something's going on. And he quotes scripture to the temple rulers. Jesus is, he says, the stone the builders, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Okay, so what scripture is he quoting? Well, actually, he's quoting uh, Psalm 118, as we call it now, and he's quoting from verses 22 to 25, where you'll find it's written, Jesus is the stone the builders rejected and has become the chief cornerstone. Now, of course, Peter, the, what we have there in Acts has been translated from uh, Luke's Greek. And what we have in the Psalms is translated from the Hebrew. So let's have a look at what was originally written. OK, what was originally written in the Hebrew? Because when you look at words in the Bible, they are very, very deliberate and very, very purposeful. OK. Now, the first thing we've got to mention is that in Judaism, there was a great word play going on uh, between the word stone and the word sun. Now, the letters are similar, I guess, in English, but they don't really sound very similar. But in Hebrew, uh, stone was Iben and sun was Ben. So there was a lot of play on the, a stone. So a stone could refer to being a sun. OK, and that's an important thing to grasp for where we're going to come to soon, because we find Jesus also quoted this scripture. It must be a key scripture. And in Psalm 118, it's one of our key verses at the moment that sort of became the foundation of of where we are in church reset and moving forward. It's one of the wide open space scriptures. Let me read that to you. Uh, That's a little bit earlier in the in the psalm. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a wide open space. He brought me into a wide open space. And that's what God wants to enable for us as a church, to, to be in a wide open space. So in fact, lockdown that we've been in, spiritually, it is working the opposite within us if we have ears to hear what God is saying. So you've got this play between stone and sun, which we'll come back to when we look at what Jesus said about this psalm. But then also we can look at, well, how is stone used in the Old Testament? It's quite a common word. But this is where we find that Jesus is this stone. OK, Jesus is the rock, he said as well. But the stone and what we find in the Old Testament is we find and it is the one that I was kind of teasing you with. Um, don't make too much out of this, but it is there and it is true that the, one of the very first uses of the word in the Old Testament is when it's a stone is used as a pillow. Not my idea of a comfortable pillow, but it is used as a pillow. So Jesus really is a pillow, not just a pillar, uh, as uh, Pete was saying earlier, Peter was saying earlier. Um, but of course, it, I think 
I don't know who it was commented, and it's a long way back. There's been a lot of comments. Thank you so much. Um, but going back, it is they, they commented that it is somewhere you can rest your head. And actually, Jesus does say, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that actually is something that Jesus is. Today, it's all about Jesus. And as they say in the Sunday school test, you know, it's what well, the answer is always Jesus. You know, what's gray has four legs, a tail and a trunk, asked the Sunday school teacher. And the child thinks, well, it sounds like an elephant, but it must be Jesus. But the answer always is Jesus to the issues of life. And he does give us rest. He is actually a pillow. Another way the word Iben is used is the cover of a well. Jesus is the cover for your well. Now, Jesus says, he who, he who is listening to me, he who is basically filled with the Holy Spirit, from him shall flow rivers of living water. Now, if something is flowing out of your belly, he says, will flow rivers of living water. That is the call upon you, this life-giving, refreshing water out to the world. That's what's happening with Peter and John here in this thing. Yeah, they might just be as far as the temple priests are concerned, uneducated oafs from Galilee with a weird northern accent, but they are under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so the words they speak have got this particular authority. And Jesus is the cover of our well. If you have a well of water, what you don't want to do, if you've got this beautiful refreshing water that you can drink and supply your family what you don't want is people tipping rubbish in that well you know filling it up with stones or just using it as a convenient litter bin or to throw a dead dog down it or something because your water will be polluted and jesus is the cover to your personal well you need to make sure that jesus is over your life if jesus is not over our life if we're not following the way that he has given to us then our well starts to be polluted and we don't want our well polluted. Make sure that Jesus the stone is firmly your cover by coming under his authority and living the way that he has called us to live. I could spend ages on all of these. Let's just have a look at a few more, shall we? Um, another use of stone. Well, in Exodus, it is a weapon of opportunity. And certainly the truth is your weapon of, op of opportunity. Scripture says make the most of every opportunity. As opportunities arrive, and they're going to arise more and more and more and more. Will you have the courage and the boldness to give a good answer at that time? Often we doubt ourselves. You know, we doubt our ability to communicate, and that's we have to trust in the Holy Spirit. Of course, there are times to make sure we're equipped. You're not going to be very good with scripture if you never read it. And it's good to study the word properly as well. But know that everyone is qualified who's been with Jesus. It's also a weapon of judgment, the stone, not a very pleasant thing to think about. But Jesus ultimately will be the judge at the end of time. He will call everyone to account. And we pray that most people will be washed and clean with the blood of the lamb and jesus is there to step in as well and say no this one the price has been paid 
It also is used, you know this one well, it's the word used in the story of David and Goliath. It's the sling stones. If you're thinking of wielding a sword, that takes a, a lot of strength. And that's also right because we, we, we develop our strength in God. We develop our strength in prayer. We develop our strength in the ability to read the word. One of the things that uh, in the prayer room online, one of the things they're doing as they constantly meet together and pray in the prayer room online is they're developing their strength at praying together. And it's been tricky in online times, learning of a way that works online with Zoom. But They've persisted, and we have to persist in prayer. But sometimes the only prayer we need is a little tiny stone that is flung with a sling, you know, boom, and that can that, that can slay giants. You can use scriptures here in, 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 in Psalm 118. There's plenty of scriptures here. Of It says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. These are little sling stones of prayer that you can fling out when you need victory. If you don't do it, you won't see it. If you do do it, you will see it. It's also used for memorial stones. Jesus is a memorial stone. What is a memorial? It's when you look back at the things that God has done. And we need to look back at what Jesus has done. One of the reasons we share communion together with the bread and the wine, and I hope that's happening for you in your households, is it's a memorial. It's a reminder. It's a remembrance of what Jesus has done. It's also pillars so you were right peter it is also the pillars sacred pillars that would hold up the temple it is the foundation that it, or it's built upon that, that foundation there are many other things but you know the tablets of moses were said to be of stone the law of god was written on stone and jesus is the fulfillment of that law Stones are used in buildings. They're used as foundation stones. They're used as cornerstones. They're used as keystones. So we build upon Jesus as the foundation. We put in the cornerstones of the building. He's the very boundaries within which we build. And he is the keystone. The keystone is the stone. You can also be the capstone. But the keystone is the stone in the center of an arch that stops everything just falling apart. Without a keystone, the arch would crumble. With a keystone, the arch is one of the strongest structures we have discovered how to make and the capstone is like a building that goes on top to say this is finished it is uh, part of the structure but it is um, essential to it so this is the stone there's a lot going on in that word isn't there this is the, this is Jesus he is your pillow he is the cover he is your weapon of opportunity. He is your weapon of judgment, although it is for God to judge. It is the stones that you can put in a sling. It is your memorial stone. And he is your sacred uh, pillar. And he is the law for you to come to know and live. Let's go back to what Peter was quoting. Let's go back to the verse that Jesus quotes. We'll come to him in just a second. Well, a couple of minutes. The stone you builders rejected who is he looking at you builders peter actually changes it in the uh, it doesn't say you builders in uh, the scripture it says the stone the builders rejected and peter makes it you builders it's often good to use in a slightly different way admittedly to use scripture personally in prayer to when you see a scripture that is obviously written in a general way because it's written for throughout history and throughout the world you can take it and own it and make it a personal promise that's perfectly uh 
legal thing to do, if you like. It's a perfectly good thing to do. In fact, we should do it. But the builders he's talking to are the very people he's looking at, the Jewish people who God has raised as builders. They have been there to be his witnesses. They are there to be his uh, his demonstration of who he is going forward. He, that, that's who they are. Builders build a city. Builders build a house. Builders who built the Lord's temple. And it also refers to the Lord building his sanctuary here on the earth because the Lord, too, is the builders. But these builders have rejected. And the word rejected also means uh, to reject with scorn, particularly in the Greek that really comes out. The, the, the stone, the keystone, the cornerstone. Uh, Jonah, as Jonah says, you are the cornerstone of life. You are Elohim. You are Lord and King from that song we sing. This very cornerstone that God sent to you, you've rejected, says Peter. He's not pronouncing judgment on them to make them feel bad. He wants them to come into the freedom of knowing who Jesus is. Um, but they have rejected Jesus. This is this this is it's a prophetic scripture in Psalm 118 that this is what was happened. Uh, but and instead. Uh, the stone you builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The chief, the head person. It's no different in Hebrew to what it means in English, really. The same metaphors are used. It's the, it's the beginning of something. It is the best of everything. It is the mountain top, which is why we talk of going up the mountain to meet with God on the top of the mountain. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the best. He is the mountain top. He is the head person. And the cornerstone, well, it, you can get different things. But back here in the Hebrew, it refers to the corners of a property or the corners of a wall or the corners of an altar. And it's the key elements at the edge. And it's because Jesus is behind us. He is in front of us and he's on our left hand side and he's on our right hand side. He completely surrounds us. We want to be in the middle of God's purposes the word was also used for the corners of a street and as god causes to stand at the crossroads and look for the ancient paths to look for the good way and walk in it as we come to the corners in that road we want to make sure that we are following jesus so how did jesus use this story or this not story he told a story how did jesus use this scripture well as he often did he did it in the form of a parable and he told the people his story, uh, uh, that were listening to him a story. Jesus planted a vineyard. Uh, sorry, he talks of a man who plants a vineyard, builds a wall around the vineyard to protect it. And he builds a wine press and he builds a watchtower. Everything is there to enable the vineyard to be a successful vineyard. And then he gives opportunity to people because he rents the uh, vineyard to farmers to enable them to live their lives and make a profit and enjoy the goodness of the vineyard and it says in the story that the man then had to go on a journey now come harvest time he sent a servant to go and ask for a copy of the rent after all it was his land he'd built the wall he'd set up the watchtower he provided the vineyard vines and now it was time for him to have a share of of what profit it was making he wanted he went at harvest time when there would it would be available the fruit of the vineyard um 
And what happens, Jesus says in the story, is that the farmers grab him, beat him, and he returned, the servant returns home empty-handed. So the landowner says, well, I'll send another person. And this one is just completely shamed. But the landowner thinks, no, I, I need to do this because this is part of these people taking responsibility and being who they are. I'll send another one. This time they kill him. And of course, what Jesus is talking about is because he's talking to the builders. He's talking to the Jewish people and he's saying, God has sent you prophets and leaders and you have shamed them and sent them away and even killed them. We often can treat leaders in that way today when we don't fully agree with them. But then he says in the story, and now he's obviously talking of himself. And remember the connection between stone and sun? It's the same, or there's a play on word in the it words in the Hebrew. The farmer, or the landowner rather, sends his son. The son he loved, it says. This is God the Father. And he says that the landowner is thinking, they will respect my son. And the son arrives. And what happens? Well, the farmers hear that the son is coming and they say, come on, let's get him. Let's kill him because then he won't be able to inherit this land and we can take it for ourselves. And this is the cry, not just of the Jewish people watching. This is the cry of the world. Let's kill off this story of God because then we can take hold of it for ourselves. And so in the story, the farmers kill the son. And he leaves it with the question of what will the owner do now? And of course, that's what happened. The father sent his son and the world, not just the people he's looking at, but the world by the way that we live and the choices that we make before we know God kills Jesus. We all go with Jesus on that cross. We all deserve what happened to Jesus. But Jesus went that way to enable us to go free from that. The stone you build is rejected has become the chief cornerstone. One extra little bit of history that's really interesting. In first century Judaism, uh, the expression the stone at the head of the corner, which is what we're talking about, this uh, word being used here, it was also for the final capstone. I mentioned it earlier on the summit of the temple. It was the final stone put in place that completed the building. And so what Jesus is saying as he tells this story is that this son of God is the final stone in the temple. It is the completion of the temple because under this capstone, the temple wasn't going to be confined to a place in Europe, in, Europe, in Jerusalem. It would enable the temple of God to be everywhere. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple and that his spirit lives in you, to quote scripture? So it's this Jesus that enables us to go into the wide open space. It's this Jesus that enables us to overcome. One of the side effects of what we've been through can be mental health. You can, you know, as well as the physical things, obviously. You can be struggling with what's going on and it can affect you and make you stressed or feel down or fearful or anxious. What do you do? 
you go to the capstone, you go to the finisher of the temple, and you dwell in his temple, and you ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. You look for God's solution. It's so easy with so many different broadcasts and so many things going on uh, that we can view on so many different screens. And yet, God doesn't want us to look at a screen all the time. He wants us to look to his son. He wants us to look to the stone that the builders rejected. In the psalm, it says this after this verse, the Lord has done this. This is the stone that is rejected. This is in the psalm. This is a long time before Jesus. Let The Lord has done this this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Church, the Lord has made his light to shine on us. The Lord has released his blessing upon us. Amen. Shona says, what an incredible building the church is. Yes. You know, people say we've been locked out of our building. We haven't. We haven't in any way whatsoever because the building of the church is God's people. We are whom God inhabits now. And after Peter has quoted this scripture, what does he say? Let's pick up my Bible over here. He says, the stone you build is rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Saved, restored, success, as it says there in the psalm. Health, wholeness, peace of mind. It's all yours in Jesus because that's why he went to the cross. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he showed the victory over death by, by being raised from the dead. He broke out of death of the tomb and he is now sat at the right hand of the Father. And he says, all those that believe in me, I give the right to sit here in heaven with me. And when we live that out here on earth. This is the wide open space. The wide open space is Jesus. It's coming into the truth of Jesus. It's living in Jesus, not getting caught up in all the things of the world or even just the, the bad things that happen around us, but looking for the good things of God. Keep Jesus as your capstone. Keep Jesus as your cover over your well. Don't let your well be filled with loads of rubbish and pollution. Even by ourselves, we do that. We can just fill our lives with negativity or gossip or criticism. Don't let it happen. Keep Jesus, who is your positive truth, who is your love, who is your acceptance, who is your joy, who is your peace. Keep that there so that you can endure through this time. So that the Lord's light not only shines on you, but shines out of you. We're coming into such an exciting time. Sally Put up that scripture about it being, uh, not scripture, that prophetic word about it being harvest time. It is harvest time, but the church needs harvesters. Let's just finish. Let's give the last word to this psalm. We've referred to Psalm 118 a lot today. Let's, let's finish with the final two verses. Okay, are you ready? You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God. And I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
His love endures forever. The psalm actually finishes where it starts. Give thanks to the Lord. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. How do you keep healthy mentally? Thankfulness and gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. If you see things that are not good, it is not of God. Don't make the mistake that some do of, of, of putting all the bad things, if you like, and thinking, oh, why did God do this? Insurance companies call bad things an act of God. They're not God. God is good and his love endures forever. Everything else shall pass away, but God's love endures forever. Amen. Father, I pray you take this word today and it enable us to focus our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. And Father, I pray that each one of us in you will be able to cultivate this attitude of gratitude, a, a, a culture of thanksgiving, for you are good and your love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Michelle says, Amen. Jonah says, Amen. Georgina says, yes, Paul. That's from Georgina. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Kirsty says that uh, you're right, Paul. I needn't be afraid as God is with us. That's right, Kirsty. May you know God's peace. May you know his strength. Amen. Jesus is the way. D says, amen. Helen says, amen. Living stones. Karina, amen. Helen Phipps says, Amen. Brian says, we are the building the temple joined together by the capstone. Yes, that's it. Remember, the final stone to be added to the building. The final important part, which is Jesus Christ, the stone, the Ben. But he's also the Eben, the son of God. Amen, 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 says Georgina. Helen Kelso says, we're all in on the wall where he has placed us. Yes, another word for stone is the wall uh, or the corners of the wall. Michelle, amen, not having a narrow view of God and what he can do through us and in us. Yeah, he shouldn't have been able to do anything through Peter and John. They were uneducated northern oafs. And yet, Peter, he said, you're going to be so fundamental to everything that's going to happen in this church. And he became such a strong early church leader. Amen, says Brian. His love endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Shona, amen. Nothing is impossible. D, I'm so grateful for lockdown enabling me to come to Scarborough throughout the week. God bless you all. God bless you, D. That's so kind. Amen. 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 Everything is possible with the Lord. Josie, amen. Uh, Ken and Daphne Cherry. Go. Good morning to you, Ken and Daphne. Great that you can join us. Great teach. Great teaching. Uh, love from Bedford. Yeah, we send our love down to Bedford too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and Sebastian apparently is giving me a toy train. Thank you, Sebastian. And Light to North, that is um, John just coming in there to help us. Don't forget our Ignite and J247 videos are online after this meeting. I hope you've enjoyed the J247 riddles this week. The Hub Zoom will start after the meeting too. During the week, we've got those videos I mentioned, Church Reset. It's good. You can catch up with them. They're all on there. There's prayer online. There's house church. What's happening in your house church group? If you're not part of one, get in touch. We can help you to be part of one. Lots of Zooms going on there. 
And also, of course, the key thing that God is saying to us, do things in your households, especially now we can meet up as two households, can't we? With social distancing. Keep safe, everybody. Take care and let God explode in your life. God bless you, everybody. And uh, don't forget, if you can make it, see you in the Zoom. Details here on the chat. If you can't access this chat, you can find the details on our website. Go to kingdom. Uh, go to facebook.com uh, and look for Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. You don't need to be a member of Facebook and you will see where it is. Okay, everybody, please like this video if uh, this is speaking to you and you like church online. It'd be great to have that like to help others come across this video here on YouTube. It's been great to be with you. God bless you, everybody, and see you soon. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.